May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Can everybody hear me? Can everybody, can everybody hear me? Okay, I guess so. Good morning. You know, it's a funny business being king. Kings have a lot of power, but however much power they have, they do not have the power to declare themselves king. Someone else has to do that. At Hebron, as we heard today, it was the Israelites' declaration about David. On Golgotha, it was Pilate's declaration about Jesus. And from all eternity, it was God the Father's declaration about Christ. Whatever power a king holds becomes his with the declaration. Today is the Feast of Christ the King. It is the last Sunday of the liturgical year. For the last year, we've been on a journey to this day. At every point along the way, we've been given reasons to see that Jesus is a king like no other. In his incarnation, in his baptism, in his transfiguration, in his promulgation of a new law for a new way of life, in the Sermon on the Mount, in his miraculous powers over disease, sorrow, pain, and want, in his control over the powers of nature, in his triumph over sin and death, in his crucifixion and his resurrection. If uh, anybody's been counting, we've heard him speak of the kingdom of God over 80 times in the Gospels. We've heard God the Father call him Son. We've heard Peter, who, like most of us, always got things wrong before he finally got them right, declare that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. We've had a year filled with reasons, examples, evidence that Jesus Christ is King. And now, as the year comes to a close, if we have never ourselves said it before, it comes down to us to put the words on our lips and to declare with our voices that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. But we fall before we all get up and say, oh, sure, no problem, got that, and rush to say these words. Please let's just take a few minutes to reflect on the meaning and consequences of this declaration. For if anyone declares someone to be king, along with that, he declares that there's a territory over which the king rules. If we declare that Christ is king, what we declare is that he and he alone rules the territory of our hearts. And we're not just talking here about some of the territory. We're really talking about all of it. Every corner of our heart's space, 
every pulse of our heart's blood. If we're going to declare with all seriousness that Jesus Christ is king and mean it, then we must first make the very hard decision to stop being little gods trying to rule our own lives so that Jesus Christ can take over. It's a decision, yours and mine. If he's really going to be in charge, then we can't be. It's him or it's us. It's as simple and as difficult as that. If we yearn to make the choice for him, there are two spiritual strategies that I think can help. The first was taught in the 17th century by a layman in a Carmelite monastery, Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. We must practice the presence of God. The second is taught by a Dominican monk of the present day, Simon Tugwell. We must understand the real nature of God. If we learn to keep God present in our minds in every possible moment of each day, and if in these encounters we engage Jesus Christ as he truly is and not whom we want him to be, then we have done the prep work for yielding the territory of our hearts to the one who is truly king. Let me say a few words about each of these strategies. To practice the presence of God is to keep Jesus as our daily traveling companion. It is to enter into contact with him at every possible moment in prayer and conversation. It is certainly useful to do this at set times, but I think it can be even more important to do this in those in-between moments of the day when our minds are a bit more quiet. These are moments in which to praise and glorify him, to thank him for our many blessings, to repent of our missteps without dwelling in guilt. These are moments in which to ask for steadfast faith, insight, courage, strength, to ask for help in conducting our lives with compassion. Beyond prayer and conversation, to keep Jesus in our, as our daily traveling companion is to live together with him in a united front. In who we are and how we are, people should be able to see Jesus in us even if they never, ever know him by his name. Our actions should be attempts to answer that very quippy question, what would Jesus do? This is all quite challenging, but if he rules the territory of our hearts, this is how things come out. But there is another challenge here just as big. It comes with the second strategy the one that Tugwell gives us. If we want to keep company with God, we must be prepared to let him remind us of his ways, and not at the times that suit us, but at the times that suit him. This means we need to come to know our traveling companion best we can 
as who he really is, not whom we would want him to be if we could have it our own way. And often enough, I think, we do get into wanting to have him our own way. Often enough, I think, we slip into the business of trying to tame Jesus. A host of contemporary university professors make him into simple pencil sketches. He is a Hebrew prophet, an apocalyptic prophet, a philosopher, a magician, a revolutionary. They turn him into some character of a human being and see him as nothing more. I think sometimes we Christians make half-portraits of his divinity. He is a fearsome judge with little compassion, or someone full of compassion, but without any standards of judgment. The one who says of whatever it is, it's all good. I think that sometimes we Christians can imagine him as something like a string puppet. Pull this here, and a predictable outcome will for sure happen there. Pray hard enough with just the right words, and every material wish will surely be granted. Money, power, status, popularity, health, any and all of these things just the way we want. Now, he certainly responds to prayer, and he may well grant our requests. However, he is no string puppet. As Isaiah preaches, his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. He might well have other things in mind. So if we want the real Jesus as our traveling companion, and not some version of Jesus that we have made up, we need to put aside our neat theories, prejudices, and wish-fulfilling pictures. We need to let the living God speak to us without censorship or argument. He is so much bigger, more complex, more amazing and surprising than any of the images we concoct. It is in learning to listen to this God that we come to know Jesus as he truly is. We listen to God as he speaks to us in liturgy, in Bible study, in reading the church fathers and orthodox theologians, in conversation with other devout Christians, in sitting quietly, or in meditation. It is careful listening, just as we would listen to someone we really wanted to get to know, that bit by bit we get to know Jesus. Careful listening blocks out nothing. Careful listening takes in, accepts, and uses what seems plain and clear, whether or not we like what we hear. Careful listening takes in and holds in memory what does not yet seem to make sense without trying to dismiss it. What makes no sense today often has a way of making perfect sense tomorrow. Careful listening is listening over time. Whether it is listening to a friend or to God, it is allowing the other to disclose himself at a pace that we can't determine in advance.
if we truly listen and decide to yield the territory of our hearts to the king who has spoken, then one outcome is absolutely certain. We will never be the same. We will be giving up our preoccupations with ourselves, with who we think we are, and with what we think we want, and we will be turning it all over to him. We need to be prepared. As Tugwell reminds us, he is likely to shake up or dismantle many of the visions and conclusions we've made about ourselves that have been of our own creation so that he can reclaim them and build those things back into his creation. In saying this, Tugwell is, I think, echoing Paul, who in 2 Corinthians tells us in no uncertain terms that in Christ we will be new creations. If we decide to yield the territory, we will therefore find out who we really are and who we were really meant by God to be. If we decide to yield the territory and declare that Christ alone is king over all of it, we will for sure be putting ourselves in his service. In that service, we are promised a perfect and joyful freedom such as we've never known before. If we give over the territory of our hearts, we will find ourselves living in a territory in which we truly belong. That territory is the heart of God. Today is the feast of Christ the King. Whom do we decide rules our hearts? Is it we or is it he? We can't have it both ways and we can't split the difference. The choice is here and the choice is ours. Whom do we declare is our King? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.